Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, Everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Hello and welcome to the Dream Team Professor podcast. My name is Scott and in this episode we're going to be looking at the top players to target in Game Week 24 Sun Dream Team. Now, as always, we're going to start off with the fixtures from ffstuff.co.uk. I'm going to go through fixture difficulty, fixture volume, then go on to the top players to target. Then we're going to follow up with my latest team update. So starting with the fixtures, game week 24, the deadline is on Saturday, the 17th of February at 11.30 a.m. The first kickoff, Brentford versus Luton and... Again, this is going to be one that we're going to be on the lookout for team leaks with more so on the Liverpool side of things. Um, Twitter is always the best place really to go for that sort of thing. I'm not in the know. I just go on there. Um, I've got a few saved accounts that I find fairly reliable. Um, and then usually it always seems to be sort of reposted on my feed. Um, I'll try and repost it if I see anything. Um, but the things we'll be looking out for, Mohamed Salah could be back he has been pictured in training this week in full training so hopefully we'll play some part in game week 24 and um, so we'll be looking out whether he starts or whether he's on the bench um, Trent Alexander-Arnold it looks like he's going to be ruled out so people are going to be curious whether Connor Bradley starts or whether Joe Gomez might start also on the other side Robertson uh, people will be looking out for him to start so there's quite a few things that we'll want to see the likes of Darwin Nunes and Jota as well um, so that is going to be a really, really important opening deadline. So we'll be looking out for leaks in that first one. Um, double game weeks, game week 24. So Liverpool are kicking things off against Brentford. They're one of the teams that have got a double game week. But I'm going to start with Manchester City. So Manchester City have got a home double of Chelsea and Brentford. Um, Brentford have got a really tough one that we're going to come on to. But Manchester City's is a home double. They're a good long-term team to target because they have got fixtures coming out of their ears so double game week Chelsea Brentford this week next week they've got Bournemouth away and Luton away in game week 25 that Luton away fixture is a FA Cup match they then double again in game week 26 so that's three double game weeks in a row Manchester United in the Premier League and FC Copenhagen in that second leg, obviously winning the first leg 3-1 earlier this week. So any City players, 
um, will be a good long-term hold as long as they don't get injured um, like the likes of Vardiol and Bernardo Silva this week. We're going to come on to possible replacements um, for Gavardiol later in this episode. So City are the first team with a double game week. I'm then going to come on to Arsenal, my team. So they have an away double game week against Burnley and FC Porto. Um, so starting off their Champions League knockout campaign. I think that is a really good double game week on paper. Um, obviously away games, probably going to be a little bit tougher, but Arsenal in really, really good form at the minute. The downside of Arsenal, if you target them this week, it's a double game week in game week 24, but unlike City, they have just a single game week in game week 25, and that is a home match against Newcastle, which Arsenal's home form has been really good, but Newcastle is always going to be a tough fixture. So it's just a single in 25, and then in game week 26, it's a single again, but it's an easier single. It's Sheffield United away from home, and then Arsenal don't double again until game week 27, when they face Brentford at home and FC Copenhagen at home. Um, so double game week this week, game week 24, but don't double again until game week 27. That game week 27, if you're looking at the fixture ticker now um, from FF stuff, it looks like it's just Arsenal, Bournemouth, Luton that double that week. That isn't the case. There will be Europa League and Europa League Conference League matches placed in 26 and 27, but we'll come on to them shortly as well. Liverpool, double game week. It's a decent double again. Brentford away from home, which obviously is the first kickoff of the, um, the game week. And then it's Luton at home. They then have a double game week following on from that in game week 25. That is the Carabao Cup final against Chelsea. And then Southampton at home in the FA Cup. Now, one slight concern that might be on our minds is, obviously it's a double game week in game week 24, but that Luton game is going to be the game before the Carabao Cup final. And the turnaround time is quite short. Um, I think it's might be a Tuesday and then a, Tuesday and then Saturday or Wednesday and then a Saturday. I think it's Tuesday. Um, but anyway, it's a quick turnaround before the final. So there may be a little bit of rotation. Maybe players coming off early or maybe players being rested completely. So that is one thing that we do need to watch out for. Um, so Chelsea in the Carabao Cup final and then Southampton in the FA Cup. They're then in game week 26, it's showing as not being a double game week here, but that is because the Europa League draw hasn't taken place yet. They will have a Europa League double in game week 26 and the Europa League double in game week 27. So it'll be Forest away from home, followed by um, Europa League. And in game week 27, it's Manchester City. Then obviously it'll be the Europa League second leg after Manchester City. So again, that might be one that there could be rotation in sort of weighing up whether or not they need to rotate before the City game. Then the only other double game week team, so we've got City, Arsenal, Liverpool. The only other two teams with a double game week this week are Brentford and Luton. Now, I'm going to classify these as punts, really. Uh, Brentford, have got uh, Brentford have got Liverpool at home and City away, which sounds pretty terrible. There's only one guy that I'd really be interested in from Brentford, and it's pretty obvious, is Ivan Tony. Um, he's in really, really good form. We'll mention him later in the video, but I'm not going to have a whole section on Brentford. Uh, I just don't really think it's worth targeting for anyone else other than Ivan Tony. Then the other one, Luton. It's Man United at home and Liverpool away. 
um, but I'm just not keen. Again, I'll come on to it at the end, but the only real person that I'd like the look of from that fixture is maybe Doughty, but I feel like it's more of an FPL pick rather than um, Dream Team. But he has had quite a few attacking returns, and he did get five maximum bonus points in the last game. But I'm not, again, not going to do a whole section on Newton. I want to try and keep this one quite focused on the teams that I think will be the best to target. And these guys aren't one of them. Um, then I'm just going to have a look at the teams with the best single game week in game week 24. The, the best fixtures in game week 24 that are just singles. So I'm going to highlight Manchester United in this one. They are away at Luton. Obviously, Luton away has been a fixture that has tripped quite a lot of teams up so far this season. But I still think Manchester United are in a real good moment and they could do could get a good result against Luton. I think the six games unbeaten um, and it's four wins in a row for Man United. So I think Man U are going to be a good one to target. Newcastle, they're the next person, uh, next team that I'm going to come to. They are home to Bournemouth. They also double in game week 25 like Manchester United. Actually, I, I didn't mention Man United. So Luton in a single... They follow that up with a double game week as well in game week 25, which is Fulham and Forest away. Newcastle, likewise, single in 24, double in 25. Their double's slightly harder. It includes Arsenal away from home, but then it's Blackburn away in the FA Cup. Then Brighton. Brighton are really quite interesting. Um, I've got Stupignan in my team, which is probably the least interesting at the moment out of some of these Brighton options. But their fixture run is quite good. So they have just a single this week, but it's away to Sheffield United, uh, which is a really, really good fixture. They then have a double game week in game week 25, which is Everton at home and Wolves away in the FA Cup, which I think looks pretty good. Then in game week 26, this is when they're going to start in the Europa League. So they've got Fulham away and then they'll have a Europa League match, which hasn't been drawn yet. And in game week 27, they'll have Nottingham Forest at home, followed by the other European leg. So Brighton do have quite a lot of double game weeks coming up. Just a single, but then they double in 25, 26 and 27. Um, so Brighton could be back on the menu. I'm going to tick Spurs, but actually I'm not going to really go over the Spurs in this video. They've got a nice home fixture against Wolves. But Wolves have been fairly good. But then after that, they actually blank in game week 25. They don't have a fixture whatsoever. That's because they're out of the FA Cup and then they were supposed to be playing Chelsea in the Premier League. But obviously Chelsea are in the Carabao Cup final. So no fixture whatsoever for Spurs in game week 25. So you'll want to get those guys out of your team for game week 25. They then come back with Crystal Palace at home, Villa away. But it's just not worth looking at. And one of the main people that people could have had from Spurs is Pedro Porro. And he's a slight injury risk for the weekend as well. So it might just be worth getting rid of your Spurs players now. Um, then longer term planning. Um, we've got Premier League, like I said, and FA Cup in Game Week 25. So we've got a few doubles this week, a few singles. Next week, we've got FA Cup and Premier League. So the teams that double next week, you've got Man City, Man United, Liverpool, Newcastle, Chelsea with that Carabao Cup and FA Cup um, double. They've got Leeds in the FA Cup. Brighton, I've mentioned, double in 25. 
Um, and then it's just Wolves, Forest and Bournemouth that double in game week 25. Then game week 26, this is when the Europa League and Europa League conference come back. Obviously, the Champions League um, is would have already started by this point. Obviously, we've had City this week. Uh, we have Arsenal next week. And then it'll be City's second leg taking place in 26. So we'll see fixtures put in into this grid once the Europa League draw is done. And that's the Europa League draw will be on the Friday 23rd of February which is the day before game week 25 starts. Um, so game week 25 has got a Saturday deadline. The Europa League draw happens on Friday. Um, so we'll probably get one day to sort of look at the draw. And then if you wanted to get players in early looking at the Europa League, you could do, you've could you only got a day to do it. But otherwise, you'll, you'll respond the week later. Um, so that's just one thing to consider if you are looking at this FF stuff grid. There will still be fixtures added in 26 and 27. Um, right, so City, Arsenal, Liverpool, we've already spoken about them. We're going to be targeting them. Um, a team with FA Cup and Europa, that's Brighton. So they're going to have a lot of fixtures coming up. The only other two that I'm not sure whether it's actually worth targeting at the minute, and I'm not really going to focus on them too much, it's Aston Villa and West Ham. So obviously they're going to be in the Europa League, but they're not in the FA Cup. So they don't have any double in 24. They don't have a double in 25. Their doubles don't start for another two weeks in game week 26. So I don't really think it's worth targeting West Ham or Villa yet. My only exception would be Ollie Watkins, potentially, if you had him. West Ham have got no FA Cup. Their Prem fixtures look okay. Forest away, Brentford home, Everton away, and then Burnley home. Um, but they're in really bad form. No wins in seven. Um, and I just don't see them ticking until Paqueta comes back in the team. So I'm going to write them off of this episode. And then Villa, no FA Cup, but nice Prem fixtures. So Villa's Prem fixtures are Fulham away, Forest at home, Luton away, followed by Europa League, and then Tottenham at home, followed by Europa League. So that is what we'll look at longer term. But let's start going through some of these teams one by one. Um, if you've been following my content throughout the season, or even if this is your first time, please do leave a like and subscribe to the channel. It really helps the channel grow. Um, I'm closing in on 1,800 subscribers, and I want to try and hit 2,000 um, by the end of the season. And I was looking at the analytics, and apparently only 50% of the people that watch are subscribed. So show your support to the channel if you're enjoying it, and leave a like and subscribe. Um, Manchester City, we're going to kick off with them. They beat Copenhagen 3-1 in the away leg of the Champions League this week. Um, they obviously had the, the previous fixture. I did an episode, um, a slightly different episode of Match Day Recap, where we go over all the top point scorers and talking points. You can check that one out if you want a bit more information on the previous game. But 3-1 against Copenhagen in the away leg. Um, pretty convincing. Goals were KDB, Silva and Foden with assists from KDB times two and Foden again. So Foden and KDB are in ridiculous form. And if you actually went against the Haaland captaincy, uh, KDB and Foden done extremely well. There wasn't much between any of them this week, so you did get away with it slightly. Uh, Vardiol, this was a really annoying one. So he was benched for the Premier League match, which I had him in my team. And I was kind of like, well, this happens with Pep Guardiola and Pep Roulette. He'll play the Champions League game, no worries. Um, he didn't travel, 
for the Champions League game and he has now been ruled out for two to three weeks. So we're going to have a little look at some of our other defender options if you've got Vardiol and maybe you want to move him on to another City player. Bernardo Silva is the other one. He got a big knock to the ankle um, and Jack Grealish also picked up a muscular injury. So they had a little bit of a wobble when it comes to injuries. They did get all their squad back, um, but they've got a few injuries now. Going to kick it off with Erling Haaland. I don't like wasting too much time on Erling Haaland, but he has only just sort of become available. 7.3 million. He dropped another 0.3 uh, after six points last week. He got five points against Copenhagen for three shots on target. But he was back to what we expect from Haaland with two goals against Everton. He was 95% capped in the top 1K. Um, and in a home double game week, Chelsea-Brentford, I expect a similar percentage to that again. 21 goals, seven assists for the season. It just, to me, it doesn't really worth, feel worth going against it. Of course, you can go against Haaland and it can work out well. But when 99% or 95% are going with Haaland and you go against Haaland and he hauls, your ranks are only going one way. Um, so I don't like doing it personally, but I know some people do. Um, so Haaland, I'm going to have him in and I'm going to be putting the armband on him unless something crops up and he gets injured in the meantime. But for me now, Haaland, the obvious captain this game week. KDB, 5.9 million. Now, we've been speaking all season about, oh, what are we going to do when KDB gets back? And uh, is he going to be back to his best? What's he going to be like? How will he score on the new system? We've just come back and he's absolutely smashing it. Um, so he's 5.9 million. He's got two goals and eight assists from just eight matches this season. So he's on 10 attacking returns from eight games. Absolute joke. This this injury or uh, rehab has definitely sorted him right out. Um, maybe the new hairstyle as well has helped. But 20 points this game week, two assists and a goal against Copenhagen, three shots on target, and he's already 95% owned in the top 1K. But if you're not in the top 1K, if you're outside of the top 1K, um, trying to close in your rank, he is actually only 27% owned overall. So either people have been priced out where they haven't been budget building. Maybe there's a few dead teams in there as well. Um, but I think still just get him in your team. Um, he's almost playing as a second striker. He's that high up at times. So I think, I hate the word, but he's essential. KDB, Haaland, and even Foden. Those three here, KDB, Haaland, and uh, Phil Foden. I've got all three. All three smashed it this week, and I looked after the City games, and my rank barely even moved. So I imagine loads of people have got Haaland, KDB, and Foden in their team. Um, Foden, highest scoring player on the game now, 245 points. 40 bonus puts him as the second uh, highest for bonus points in the game, behind Bruno Guimaraes. Um, he's got four goals, two assists in his last four games, so six attacking returns in four, 19 points for the game week. Um, so these three players, seriously, seriously impressive. Um, and yeah, top 1K ownership, Haaland, 99%. Foden, 99%. KDB, 99%. So, uh, 95%, sorry. So it's safe to say that these three are very template at this point. If you're trying to go a little bit more outside of the template, 
Um, Doku at 3.7 million. I really like him. And we'll come on to my team later, but I've got two injuries now to sort out in my defence. I would have really liked to go for Doku this week. So we've been talking about Doku, Rodri, Bernardo. Who's the like bet the differential sort of midfield option? And Bernardo's obviously now picked up an injury, so that makes that a bit more easy. Grealish is out of the equation as well. Um, I hadn't even mentioned him really, but he's out of the equation through injury, which leaves Doku versus Rodri. Um, obviously, Rodri's the guy that's going to be more likely to start games or play 90 minutes, but Doku's been so impressive. So 3.7 million. He's only 5% owned in the top 1K. He got five points against Everton and eight points against Copenhagen. Um, three bonus points in each of these. Um, and it was a, a start against Everton where he got five points, but it was actually eight points against Copenhagen um, off the bench. He replaced Jack Grealish in that one. Uh, let me just bring it up here so we can have a little breakdown. So eight points against Copenhagen and he played 69 minutes, picking up three bonus. He had a shot on target and created a big chance and got two tackles. So he is all action and the main concern was always his minutes, number of stops. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. But the Bernardo injury and the Greedish injury has to help this situation. And I think that just makes him edge it over Rodri for me. Uh, Rodri 3.6, 13% owned in the top 1K versus Doku's 5%. And he got two lots of four points. Uh, so steady for Rodri. I think that was just tackles and one bonus in each of those games. So Doku, definitely the more exciting pick, but Rodri, you haven't got to worry about him being benched so much. Um, Alvarez, I feel a little bit bad for sort of leaving Alvarez out of the equation, but Haaland, KDB and Foden really are stealing the limelight. Alvarez, I would still hold him if I had him. It's a double game week, it's at home. Um, if Haaland or KDB ever need a break, Alvarez is the guy that's gonna come in. Um, and maybe there's like, more chance that Foden will be pushed out wide with Grealish and Bernardo out as well. Um, and Alvarez will still be playing sort of in that dual 10 role. Um, or at striker if Harden's out. So I still think I would hang on to Alvarez if I had him already. I probably wouldn't be as bothered about bringing him in. 4.4 uh, million. Didn't play Copenhagen, but got four points against Everton. Um, so yeah, I feel like I've gone off Alvarez a little bit, but he is still a really good asset. Edison, 2.5 million. So he's my keeper. Got a clean sheet against Everton um, in the game that I brought him in. So I was really pleased with that. Did um, make an error that led to the goal in the Copenhagen game, which was a really silly mistake. Um, so And only one save made over these two fixtures um, in two lots of 90 minutes. So this always does seem to be the thing of Edison. Doesn't really get much to do. When he does have something to do, it's questionable whether or not um, he is going to do the job, but one clean sheet this week isn't too bad. Bournemouth, Luton, the, the following week looks pretty good. 
Um, actually, that Luton FA Cup game, he will probably miss that one for a taker. But then it's Man United, Copenhagen in the Premier League and Champions League. So he'll play that. He's going to play the bulk of games. He'll miss the odd one for um, FA Cup. So I still think he is a really good pick if you're looking for someone from the City backline. Um, now on to the guys that we could replace Vardiol with. And I'm leaning towards Ake at the moment. 3.2 million, 13 points for the game week. Now, he did get an assist, or got given an assist in that Everton match. But quite frankly, I don't think um, it should have been an assist. But rules are rules. Um, it was like a clearance that hit Ake that went to Haaland and he just smashed it past Pickford. So he was the last person to touch the ball before it went to Haaland, but he didn't know anything about it. Um, he looks like his minutes are going to be increased with Vardio out because he can play at left centre-back and left-back. Vardio was playing left-back most of the time and Ake was playing left-back. If Vardio was rested, Ake would go to left-back. Now Vardio's out, it looks like they're going to need to rely on Ake um, quite a lot. Sergio Gomez barely really played anyway, but he's out. Um, Akanji has played at left back before. Um, I think it was last season a few times. Um, but I feel like it's pretty safe to say Ake is going to play the majority of minutes um, either at left back or left centre back. It's six starts in a row now, which could mean that there's a rest coming. Um, or it could mean he's the most nailed. We don't know. But Pep Roulette is always going to strike at some point. But if there was a safer option, it feels like it is Ake at the minute. He's only had five bonus points this season, which was a bit surprising compared to some of the other um, options. Ake, five bonus, 108 points. But he does have the most attacking returns out of the Man, United, uh, Man City defenders. So he's got three goals and three assists. Um, so surprisingly good in the air. Um, did miss a big chance as well in that Copenhagen game. So could have even had another return in that one. Um, Kyle Walker, 3.1. He's the guy that I'd say is probably... I feel like he probably is on a level level with uh, Ake for likely to play. But he has been rested a few more times. So I said Ake's played um, six starts in six games. Walker was rested for the Everton game but bought on as a sub. And he has been benched twice in the last six. So obviously a bit more rotation than what Ake has had. Um, top City defender for bonus though, 19 bonus. And he's got the highest average out of the City defenders with um, 4.3. Um, apart from Rico Lewis, but Rico Lewis obviously isn't going to be someone that we're going to pick because he doesn't start that regularly. Um, Diaz, 3.1. He's been rested just once in the last six games. So I thought Diaz would be rested a little bit more than that. Protected for the bigger games, but he's having a good run. Um, one in the last six benched. 12 points this game week, back-to-back -back starts. And then John Stones, 3.3 million. Back from injury um, fairly recently. He has been rested in three of the last six, but he was coming back from injury. So it could have been a bit of that, getting some minutes in his legs. But he has now started back-to-back -back this week. So maybe Stones is in the equation. But I would feel more, much more comfortable going for either Ake, Walker or Diaz. Then I'm going to come on to Liverpool. So this is going to be another one. I've been struck down by two injuries this week. Vardiol 
and then Trent Alexander-Arnold. Um, we've heard news that Trent is likely to miss the Carabao Cup final, which means he's probably going to miss Brentford, Luton and Chelsea. So the next three games, maybe beyond that, we don't know. But it was a recurrence of his knee injury. Um, so likely to miss the Carabao Cup final is the latest news. Um, but we do have Salah back in full training. Um, we don't know how ready he is to play. Um, I'm recording this on Thursday, so I guess we have the, the um, press conference is Friday. So you might know a bit more by the time you're listening to this. But I, when it comes to Salah, I think that I wouldn't transfer him in unless I knew that he was definitely starting. So if I got a leak that Salah was starting, I would have transferred him in uh, for Brentford. And I kept the money aside as well to be able to do this. But now I have two defensive injuries. So I won't be going for Salah this week. Um, I'll just be fixing my injuries and I'll come on to that again later. But I must admit, if he was starting this Brentford game, I would transfer him in. Uh, for one of the other Liverpool strikers if I had them. Um, but I actually don't think he will. I think he'll be benched maybe at best, come on for a few minutes and then maybe get one start and come off early with a view to playing in that Carabao Cup final. Um, Connor Bradley is back available um, from his compassionate leave. Um, Gomez and Alisson, they missed the last match, but they are back available. They have been pictured in training. Uh, both had the flu. Early kickoff Saturday, like I said, get on Twitter, check for leaks. Um, I'll try and retweet anything I see. Um, Liverpool have loads of double game weeks, like I mentioned. So double game week 24, double game week 25. 26 is going to be Europa League and 27 is Man City and Europa League. So most joint most fixtures with Manchester City, actually slightly more fixtures because um, City will have that single um, in 27. So the most fixtures now is for Liverpool. Um, Darwin Nunes, 4.5, kicking off with the strikers. 10 points and a goal against Burnley. 12 goals, 14 assists for the season. Two goals, one assist in his last four. And there's not much to split him between Jota at the minute. So Jota, 4.3 million, 11 points instead of 10. Three shots on target in the last game uh, and a goal. 14 goals, 6 assists, 3 goals in his last 4. So slightly more um, goals than Darwin in the last 4 games. But honestly, it's been neck and neck between these two. I prefer Jota. Keep thinking about this question. And if Sale was going to replace um, one of Nunes and Jota with Salah, I think I'd get rid of Nunes now. I just think Jota's a little bit more clinical. He's going to get more goals. Um, obviously, it's great that Nunes can score a lot more points from um, shots on target, for example. But I just want the goals. Um, and I think Jota's the guy that will bring them. Diaz, 3.7 million. A goal, a bonus point, four shots on target in the last game. He's been really impressive because I've not been keen on Diaz, to be honest with you. But nine goals, five assists, two goals and an assist in his last four. So he's a decent option. Maybe if you wanted to get... a Maybe she didn't quite want to go all in on the Liverpool attackers, but you had a slot in midfield available. 3.7 is quite, quite reasonable. And like I said, Salah, 6.7 million. I wouldn't transfer him in unless I saw confirmation that he's starting. And I predict one sub and one off the uh, one sub and one start, but probably not playing 
um, the full duration. 18 goals, 9 assists though for him. And I think you do, you do need to have a plan um, if you don't have one to get him in. Um, Trent Alexander-Arnold replacements. Now this is a tough one and a t one that I've got to deal with as well. So Virgil van Dijk, 3.8 million. He's got a 4.9 average, 18 bonus points, and he has only been rested in uh, rested twice in his last 10. So when it comes to safety of starts, I think probably Virgil van Dijk is the best option if you want to stick with Liverpool. Um, obviously on the right-hand side now, Liverpool have got Connor Bradley back, who's been really, really impressive when called upon, and Joe Gomez. Um, but I just think they could easily, Bradley gets one game and Gomez gets the other. Whereas Virgil van Dijk, you know, he's probably going to start, I think, I think all of these games. I think Virgil van Dijk starts Brentford, he starts Luton and he starts Chelsea. And then he probably misses the FA Cup game, um, if, you are, if I had to guess. Um, so I think he's probably the safest pick if you just want to make sure you get a Liverpool player in your defence and you don't have to worry about them. Not that exciting. Uh, he does have quite good attacking threat. So I actually had a look, and out of all the defenders, he is third for shots on target, uh, which surprised me a little bit. So I guess most of them would have been headers. Um, but yeah, that's I thought that was quite an interesting stat. Virgil van Dijk, nine shots on target, puts him third highest defender for shots. Above him was Fabian Scher with 11 and Matty Cash with 16, um, but not bad at all for a centre-back. One that I am thinking is a little bit more exciting, but risky, is Robertson at 3.4 million. Um, he made his first start since injury in the last game, played the 90 minutes, I think he might have gone off in injury time, got seven points, three bonus, and two tackles, um, and one big chance created actually. Um, so three bonus, seven points, uh, really, really good performance from Robertson. 3.4, very reasonable price. Um, and he took six corners without Trent and Sabozlai being available. So if he does carry on taking set pieces while Trent's out, while Sabozlai's out, there could be a good chance that he gets these bonus points, potentially assists for uh, Virgil, who loves a header. Um, I do like this one. I think it's exciting. But does he play... Um, or does he start both games? Um, I actually, I'm starting to feel like he he might. Um, I think Gomez and Bradley are going to fight it out for right back. I know Gomez can play left back and has done a good job at left back while Simicast and Robertson were out. But I can see it being Bradley and Gomez fighting out for right back, Robertson and Simicast rotating for left back. Now Simicast is only really just back himself from, um, I think that was a shoulder injury as well. Um, and when Robertson come back, I think he might have played three matches off the bench first before starting. Now if Simicast does a similar thing, maybe it's a case of Robertson gets the starts and then Simicast maybe gets subbed on. Um, but maybe Simicast might not be ready to start. So comes with a risk, it's definitely more risky than Virgil van Dijk, but I just feel like Robertson is just a bit more attacking. We know that he can rack up assist points, he's got good set pieces. I feel like the Robertson one is a little bit more exciting if you're willing to take a bit more risk. Um, I'm going to come on to Arsenal. Um, if you're enjoying it, please do leave a like, subscribe to the channel, 
do check out the Dream Team Tonic podcast. We do an episode every week. We do a live stream to our Patreon members. Uh, our Patreon members get exclusive um, articles, watch lists, um, early access to the podcast, live streams. Um, do check it out. There'll be a link in the description below. But it's very, very helpful for your Dream Team season. A really good community of Dream Team players sharing ideas, chatting about Dream Team on a daily basis. Um, so if you like the sound of that, link in the description below. Um, Arsenal, it's a good time for Arsenal. Where's, uh, where's Henri? Four wins in a row, 6-0 win against West Ham. Most set-piece goals in the Premier League with um, 15. That's not including penalties. Double game week 24, but no doubles after that until game week 27. So if you go for them, you're hitting this double game week hard. You're hoping they perform well in the singles, but you probably are at a little bit of a disadvantage against the likes of City and uh, Liverpool for extra double game weeks. Um, but the only thing Arsenal do have that these guys don't is barely any rotation. Um, it's, you can pretty much call the Arsenal lineup bar like one player um, every week at the moment. And Saka is one that gets 90 minutes all the time. He'll play 90 minutes against Burnley and FC Copenhagen. Um, as long as nothing goes wrong, touch wood. Um, two goals, 17 points, one bonus, three shots on target, and a big chance created against West Ham. 17-point haul for him. Um, getting a bit greedy with these penalties as well. I'm glad to see he's not sharing penalties anymore for now. Um, second highest scoring player in the game behind Foden. 36 bonus points from 30 games, 13 goals, and 12 assists for the season. Um, and he's about to beat his best um, returns in goals and assists. So last year he hit 15 goals, 11 assists. He's already on 13 goals and 12 assists. So just the two more goals to go and he's equaled that. I'll beat that. Um, Saka's though is the obvious one. I, I would get him in. I would get him in if he didn't have him for this um, double game week. He looks really on it. Uh, but if I was going for a second... Arsenal midfield or attacker. Erdegaard, 4.1, had a ridiculous game against West Ham. Um, he's just everywhere. I don't know how he does it. In one minute, he's like leading from the front, pressing from the front, and the next minute, he's just picking it up off the centre-backs. Uh, really impressive. Seven goals, two assists. Not the best um, attacking returns. I think he was ahead last season, um, but he is second for points at Arsenal behind Saka with 166. Um, I think if you did go for Erdegaard in this double game week, maybe with Saka, that would be quite a good differential if it paid off. Declan Rice. Now, I'm not committed enough to say I'd, I'd pick him, but it's interesting. 3.4 million, four goals, five assists. Um, he's the second highest at Arsenal for bonus points now. Third highest at Arsenal for points overall with 156 points. And he's now taken left-sided corners and some left-sided set pieces as well. Um, took four corners against West Ham, um, assisted two goals, scored one himself. Really, really, really impressive. Um, yeah, four goals, five assists is a really impressive run for uh, Declan Rice. And three bonus points. I just, I don't know. I, I, wish, I wish I could take a chance on him doing quite well because I was thinking about this and Comparing that to Rodri, um, I feel like Rice is doing better than Rodri, um, and that could be a better pick than Rodri. But 
he just doesn't quite have as many games but he is a 90 minute man in every single game. I think he's just I think there's been one match where Declan Rice hasn't played. Um Martinelli, 4 million, 7 goals, 5 assists, 144 points and 22 bonus. I don't think I'd pick him at the minute. Um he does seem to go off quite early. I love him as a player, uh, but he does rotate with Trossard now and again. Trossard has been playing up front um the last couple of games. Um, and doing well himself, 2.6 million. He's a midfielder, eight goals, two assists, and he got three goals in his last four. But I just, I think if I was going to go for that second um, Arsenal player, it would be Odegaard at the minute over Martinelli and Trossard. Um, just they're the two that can rotate and can get subbed, whereas Odegaard is always playing. Defensively, Arsenal, I think it's the best defensive record now. Um, we have two, two clean sheets in their last four. Um, I think they're best for XG conceded. And both centre-backs scored against West Ham. Gabriel, 15 points. Saliba, 14 points. Um, and with these two, unlike the likes of City defenders or Liverpool, Barr, um, Virgil, you just know that Gabriel and Saliba are going to start every single game if available. Um, I would probably save the, the money and go for Saliba. Um, I don't think he's worth... I don't think the difference in the two of them is worth the point six, in my opinion. Saliba's on 150 points, Gabriel's on 144, uh, but Gabriel didn't play all the games at the start of the season. Uh, two goals, one assist for Saliba, three goals, one assist for Gabriel. Ben White at 3.3 million. Now, I actually think that he would be a bit of a differential if you were picking an Arsenal defender, but everyone, if everyone had Saliba already. Um, one goal, three assists, but he plays a lot more advanced. And now that Zinchenko is injured, Kivior was sort of coming in as a third centre-back. And Ben White was sometimes joining the midfield. Um, I already tweeted a, quite a good thread on um, Ben White was basically playing the Zinchenko role, but off the right-hand side. And, and Kivior was doing what Ben White normally does and tucks back in. Um, but Ben White was really, really impressive. And it just seems like since this um, winter break... He has been re-energised and has looked really impressive. So I quite like the look at Ben White as well. Um, but the only thing with these Arsenal players is they're now to start in defence, but they do have less fixtures. So that's just what you've got way up. Now onto a single game week team, Manchester United. Good Premier League fixtures. They've got Luton away, Fulham at home. Forest in the FA Cup. Then it gets harder in game week 26 with Manchester City away. And then game week 27 is Everton at home. Um, again, check out ffstuff.co.uk. You can have a look at their fixture ticker. Um, match centre is really good. And you can check out all the player data on there as well. That's what I use. Um, and it's free. Uh, double game week in 25. That one does look really good for Man United. So if you did want to punt on them against Luton, Fulham Forest looks really, really appealing. Like I said, 1-5, drawn one in their last six Rasmus Hoyland, 3.7 million. Um, I mean, you've got to be brave to go away from Liverpool and City attack at the minute. But Hoyland, 11 goals and two assists for the season. He's returned in five matches in a row. He's got five goals, two assists in his last five. Um, Delo, 3.3 million. Highlighted him in the last video, I think it was. And he got his fourth assist of the season this week. Um, seventh highest defender on the game. And then Onana, 3.2, keeps his spot at the top. Number one goalkeeper, eight saves made against Aston Villa. Um, so 
yeah, he seems to be doing quite well for save points just because the uh, Man United defence isn't the best, uh, but he does keep some of them out. Uh, 20 points clear of Martinez in second as well. Um, but with Onana, obviously they're still in the FA Cup, but he won't have these European fixtures in 26 and 27. Uh, Bruno Fernandes, 4.9. Um, I've got a bit of a love-hate with Bruno. I've loved having him previously, um, but he's let me down this season. 4.9 million he's gone down to. Got seven points against Aston Villa. He's the seventh um, highest midfielder in the game with seven goals and seven assists. The thing that interested me with him this week is he got a rare three bonus points. Um, I've got it up on the screen if you're watching on YouTube. Five successful crosses, one foul one, two blocks, two interceptions, and a foul conceded, 11 player performance marks. Doesn't really get bonus that. He's only, he's only got nine bonus for the season, but he got three of them in this game. Um, and a lot of it looks like those successful crosses, five successful crosses. Maybe he was finding Slabhead. Uh, maybe we'll see some more bonus points to come. Uh, on to Newcastle now. So four, um, four games unbeaten, three wins and a draw. Only loss in the last six games was Manchester City. So they have to sort of turned it around a bit. Um, but the last clean sheet was four games ago. If you do have Trippier, that could be quite frustrating. Conceded three against Forest, four against Luton and one against Villa. So are a little bit leaky at the minute. But they've got Bournemouth in a single and then it's a double game week in 25. Arsenal and Blackburn both away. Uh, then followed up with uh, Wolves at home and then Chelsea away in 27. Uh, Kieran Trippier, 4.9 million. Very highly owned. 57% uh, of the top 1k have him and for good reason. Uh, highest scoring defender on the game. 191 points, 5 points this week for an assist. Um, and he's got four attacking returns in his last three matches. And that was his 11th assist of the season. So really, really good season for Kieran Trippier. Again, he's in decent form. You just want them to sort of keep a few more clean sheets. That would be nice. Um, he's the only, really, the only real premium attacking defender now that Trent is out. So we might see a few people move over from Trent to Trippier. And I actually quite like it, even though um, there's not that many double game weeks coming. You know he's going to play the bulk of them. Um, I actually heard this from um, Planet FPL um, podcast and I was looking at it myself. I brought up the um, player heat maps and mentioned that Trippier has actually been inverting or was inverting in the last game um, against Nottingham Forest. So on the right hand side of the screen, if you watch on YouTube, I've got the um, heat map against Nottingham Forest. And then on the left, I've got the heat map against Luton. Um, and you can obviously see that on the game against Luton, he was pretty much only up and down the touchline. Um, and then in the match against Nottingham Forest, he was sort of tucking in more on the inside, supporting. Um, and that sort of, sort of made a back three with Dan Byrne sort of playing a bit more tucked in as a third centre-back. Um, so that was something to look out for, but he's still done pretty well in all of these matches, still getting attacking returns because he does take set pieces. Um, but yeah, just something that I found a little bit interesting there. Um, Bruno Gamerez, um, typically in the last video, I said how well he was doing for um, bonus points, but he doesn't really get that many attacking returns. Well, he went and scored two um, against Nottingham Forest. A really, really good performance. Three goals, six assists for the season. 51 bonus in total. Um, 16, 11 and 8 in his last three appearances. So 
doing really well, but don't get sucked in because he's on nine yellows and he's one away from a two match ban. Um, so, and he does love a yellow card. So I wouldn't go there with Bruno Guimaraes. Um, but while on the subject, Anthony Gordon, he's on eight yellows. So if you get 10, you miss two matches. Darwin Nunes as well, back at Liverpool. Um, he's on eight yellow cards as well. So maybe if you are deciding between Jota and Darwin Nunes, that might be another reason why um, you might want to move Nunes on for Salah instead. Um, and then Gordon as well, just as we've mentioned it, this wasn't in my notes, but it's come out recently, um, that uh, Callum Wilson is expected to be out for a long time. Um, torn his peck. So Anthony Gordon may be playing as the striker now um, for Newcastle because I think Isak is out as well. Brighton, double game week, all well, single game week, sorry, in game week 24 against Sheffield United. And then it's a double game week all the way through till game week 27. Everton and Wolves in 25. 26 is Fulham and Europa League. And then 27 is Forest and Europa League. We obviously don't know the... Uh, the fixture in Europa League yet. So nice fixtures the whole way through. Two clean sheets in the last 10, not great, um, but it was a nil-nil against Wolves and a nil-nil against West Ham. Jao Pedro is injured, uh, hamstring injury. So Pascal Gross stepped up for the penalty that was scored against Spurs. Put that away. He's, he's 4.2 million. Um, he's got 10 points against Spurs and then 13 points against Palace in the match before. Uh, one goal, two assists in his last two. So I think Pascal Gross could be a nice differential um, for this upcoming run of fixtures. And someone I actually might consider um, for that spot that I've got Cole Palmer in potentially. Because uh, I do like this run of fixtures and I do think he'll play the bulk of games. Um, only missed one bonus point in all of his last 10 games. So hit bonus in all but all but one of them games, 31 bonus from 30 matches. So he is on a really good run of form. I think it's a bit early to go there, but keep an eye on Matoma, 3.4 million. Six points against Spurs looked really dangerous. Uh, 14 bonus points, three goals, six assists um, from 25 games. So a bit of a poor uh, attacking return, I think. Uh, finished on 10 goals, eight assists last, last season. Uh, but maybe just one to keep an eye on going into this run. Then the last one I'm going to mention, Aston Villa, and it's only really Oli Watkins. Um, Aston Villa off the back of a 2-1 loss against Man United. Um, no FA Cup, but nice Prem games. I mean, if I had Oli Watkins, I think if I had no other fires that I would try and target one of these doublers. Uh, but Fulham away doesn't seem too bad. Nottingham Forest at home looks okay. Luton at home in 20, uh, away in 26, followed by Europa League. And we know that Emery is decent when it comes to these um, knockout European ties then Tottenham followed by another Europa League conference match so I still think Ollie Watkins is a really really good player to own but maybe it's one that we bring back in 26 and 27 for the Europa League 192 points puts him as the seventh highest striker on the game 13 goals 14 assists and just the five points against United but he did have three shots on target I don't think there's any Anything wrong with keeping, but I just think you're at a little bit of a disadvantage over City and United. Um, obviously, they all have four matches, while Watkins has two across the next two game weeks. Um, I'd ignore the defence. Conser's injured. Diego Carlos is now injured as well. Um, oh, I forgot the 
I forgot the player's name. Um, the midfield defensive sort of midfielder who's also really really good. Um, hang on, Bubakar Kamara. A lot of injuries now. Uh, Matty Cash and Moreno probably a little bit more safe, but I just wouldn't go there because it's going to be Lengley and Pal Torres, who's only just coming back from injury, um, starting at centre back, which doesn't seem as good. So I'd leave it. Um, right, that is it. Um, out of the teams to target. I'll just quickly touch on the ones that I didn't mention because I've mentioned less teams than usual, but Chelsea, I think Palmer's still fine to hold. If you've got other fires, he's happy to keep hold of him. Um, does double in 25 as well with a Carabao Cup final and leads in the FA Cup. Um, Spurs, I just think ignore it. Poro's potential doubt um, and then they're blanking 25, so you're going to want to move them on. Brentford, just Ivan Tony, three goals in his last four. 34 points in four matches um, would be a nice double game week differential. West Ham, I wouldn't bother. No wins in seven. Scored once in their last three matches. I wouldn't go there until Paqueta's back. Uh, but Kudus and Bowen will be interesting when Europe starts in 26. Palace, maybe a new manager bounce. But Elise and Eze are still out and they're the main two that I'd want. Um, and then Wolves, I think Huang would be interesting with 11 goals, three assists this season. And Cunha is out as well. Um, with a, another, That's another guy with a hamstring injury, I think it is. Um, Huang was on penalties before um, he went away to the cup. So I think that he could be another good option. They double in 25. Um, Neto, 3.4 million, three goals, 12 assists, and 24 bonus from 18 matches is a really good return. So 15 attacking returns uh, from 18 games and 24 bonus is really, really impressive. Um, I hope to see him in an Arsenal shirt next season. Um, and then Luton, I mentioned Doughty, um, but I think it's a punt. I think it's a punt. Right, on to my team update then. Um, if you've enjoyed the video so far, please do leave a like and subscribe to the channel. Right, 138 points for the game week, putting me up to 2,565 points in total and taking my rank from 341st down to 275th. Um, so jumped 66 places with this week of 138 points. My moves this week were Trent Alexander-Arnold in for Gomez. He lasted all of about 45 minutes before he Got a recurring knee injury, so I've now got another fire to put out. Um, Trent needs replacing. My other move was Edison in for Dubravka. Um, I mentioned it previously, but I was looking to get Kyle Walker into my side. But when I saw he was benched, uh, I didn't want to have Vardio and Walker benched, so I brought Edison in. He did get me a clean sheet in the first game. But he fluffed it up in the second and gave away that clean sheet. So just the nine points for him. Um, Dubravka and Gomez would have got me one point. Trent and Edson got me 14. So that's a decent move. But now I've got injury problems. I've got Trent and Vardiol both injured this week. And my overall plan, I've been, I've been building up to this bloody double game week. Um for a while, sort of putting the pieces in place, trying to get 11 doublers out. And then it's just week before, um, two injuries to the double game week players. So it looks like this week I'm stuck with a Stupinian, who's stinking the place out with his one-pointers. And then Palmer, who is the opposite. He's a great problem to have. Um, loads of attacking returns. I think two assists again this week, eight points against Crystal Palace. 
Um, so I'm happy to keep him if I really have to. Um, a stupid I'm going to try and be a bit more positive because I've just said they've got a single this week against Sheffield United and then they've got some really nice double game week fixtures coming up. So I just hope that maybe he changes his boots or something. Um, yeah, yeah has, a, has a red ball, sorts his brain out during the game and maybe can start breaking that one-point mark. Um, team update then. So which transfers will I be making? Well, I'm limited. So two flags, Trent, Vardiol, two players that I would have loved to have fit for this double game week. These are the guys that are going to be coming out. Uh, I had that five million in the bank ready to move Jota or Nunes onto Salah if available, but that's going to have to wait now. Um, I'm not holding on to injured players. I'm going to go for the maximum points, really. So I'm going to try and get two double game week players in, I think. If I want to keep a City, I'll probably straight swap to Ake. Um, if I didn't didn't make that clear in the City one, I think he's probably the best uh, option to move Vardial onto. It's not the most exciting. Um, obviously, it's nice to have a defender that makes tackles or does a bit more attacking, which... Vardiol showed a bit of promise doing that in that first match that we had him. But I think that is the obvious one. Vardiol to Nathan Ake. Six starts in a row. But like I said, no one is safe from Pep Roulette. Walker's fine too. Wouldn't mind going for Walker. Um, but in general, he's just been rotating a little bit more um, recently. So I think Ake is probably the one I would go for if I stick with City. Um, and then if I wanted to stick with Liverpool and replace Trent, because City and Liverpool do have really good double game weeks. The bit that's annoyed me with Trent as well is that I took a I took a price drop of 0.3 on Trent and I was not fussed about doing it because I thought well, I'm just going to get him in and keep him there long term. But now moving him on, I've, I've, I've lost that 0.3 basically. Um, and if I held him, he'll probably go down again. So... I will wait and see what happens with the with the leaks on the morning. But I am leaning towards either Virgil van Dijk or Robertson. So going like for like, City for City, Liverpool for Liverpool, I think is probably going to be the way I go. Um, it's now weighing up whether you want to go for the tried-tested safe Virgil with maybe not so much upside. Like I said, most uh, third most shots on target from defenders. But it's a little bit boring. It is a little bit boring. Um, but if he gets the clean sheets, I won't care. If he gets a bonus point here and there, I won't care. But the Robertson one is exciting. I quite like the look of the Robertson one. Um, but no one can seem to agree. Um, spoke to quite a few Liverpool fans for their opinion. Um, I do love the football Twitter community. Um, it's good that you can just chat to people um, that you meet online about football. Common love of football. Um, but no one can seem to agree. Um, the general sort of consensus does seem to be that though he could get rotated for Simicas or Gomez. <sighs> but I feel like it's got such a good upside if it if it works out. Um, I think the wing backs or the full backs are more likely to make tackles most of the time than defenders, so you could pick up tackle points here and there. Um, if he's on corners. More likely to get assists, more likely to get bonus from successful crosses. Um, but slightly more chance that he gets subbed off during the game. You don't often see centre-backs subbed off. So there could be more of a chance that he gets taken off 
early before the clean sheet. But then there's also the chance that he could play like 65 minutes and then come off, keep the clean sheet. And if they concede, he's the only one to keep it. So it can work both ways. It's risk reward. Uh, I'm struggling to decide, but Robertson one is exciting. Um, I'm part tempted by Trippier as well. I said that I'm looking at like for like, City for City, Liverpool for Liverpool. I am just part tempted to just get Trippier in. Um, even with the single this week against Bournemouth, the tough game against Arsenal, but then Blackburn looks okay. And you just know he's going to play all of them. And he probably plays 90 in all of them. And we know he is such a threat. Um, yeah, they're, they're the sort of three or four players that I'm leaning towards. Haven't fully made the decision. I will be waiting up until the um, up until the deadline, trying to see some leaks, trying to make a decision. Because if, if Robertson, if, if I like the look of Robertson and then Robertson, it turns out that Gomez starts at left back. Obviously, I'll just pull the plug on that plan and probably go to the safe bet in Virgil. But yeah, I'll be waiting till the last minute. Um, before I go, while I've got you, just leave a comment. Let us know if you'd potentially be interested in a uh, a deadline live stream at some point. I'm toying with the idea of doing something a little bit different, um, maybe on the uh, morning of the deadline or evening if it's a Friday. Might just quickly jump on for half hour, maybe answer a few questions, um, share my plans and stuff. So let me know if you think that sounds like a good idea. Thank you very much for watching. That is the end of this episode. Um, please do leave a like and subscribe. Check out the Dream Team Tonic podcast in the link in the description below. And I've got, if you have missed it and you want a little bit more content as well, my match day recap that I did earlier in the week, going over all the top point scorers and key talking points from Game Week 23. Thanks for watching. Have a good game week. Bye bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.